attentive. Brethren, food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. Only take care lest this liberty of yours somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you, a man of knowledge, at table in an idol's temple, might he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak man is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brethren and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of my brother's faith falling, I will never eat meat, lest I cause my brother to fall. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the and visit you. 
And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it not to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it not to me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Peace be to you who reads the good tidings and to all the people. Before I even begin, I have to uh, remember yesterday that we had, I think, 16 middle schoolers standing right here and five high schoolers standing right here, and I was where you're at. And uh, if you didn't hear them, uh, you really missed out. Sometimes we only get the parents of the children and not all of you to hear these beautiful, beautiful speeches during the Oratorical Festival. And every year, these children that go through this get better and better and better. So next year, I encourage you all to come and listen. And you would think that 16 talks, that would be really long and boring, but it was far from it. It was exciting, actually. So uh, again, those of you who spoke yesterday, uh, and those of you who were here, you know what I'm talking about. And so, uh, in a way, I'm very humbled now to take their lectern and to speak to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. It's not only because I'm in their shadow that I feel humbled, it's also because of the content of this gospel reading that I feel humbled to even speak about it. Our Lord often speaks in parables. Often when He talks about the kingdom or things that are going to happen, He uses parables. But this is not a parable. We might think, oh, it's the parable of the Last Judgment. But it's not. He says, when the Son of Man comes, this will happen. What I'm telling you, it isn't like this, it's going to be this. And so pay attention. So let me just sort of describe the scene for us. We know that when the Son of Man comes in His second coming, it won't be as a babe. It won't be shrouded or veiled in any way. He will come in all of His glory with all of the bodiless powers with Him. Ten thousands 
and thousands, myriad upon myriad, in all of their glory, which will be nothing compared to the glory of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. It doesn't matter whether they believed in Him during their life. It doesn't matter whether they loved Him. It doesn't matter. His glory will be so all-encompassing and overwhelming that no one will be able to stand and everyone will be saying with their heart and their mind and their lips that He is the Son of God. This Jesus Christ is the One. And He will gather everyone from Adam until the last person conceived. They will all stand before Him. And in the time that it takes us in Orthros to read the six Psalms, every single living being, every human being, will pass before Jesus on this white throne of judgment. And their whole life will pass before them and before everyone else. Nothing will be hidden. Everything that was said, everything that was thought, everything that was done, it will be as if it were shouted from the rooftops. Everything will be laid bare. This is why, my dear brothers and sisters, we need to be transparent. We need to be transparent before God today, every day during this part of our life, so that nothing is hidden from us, and so that we don't try to hide anything from God. The first point that I really want to make here is that this is judgment. No one will escape from it. Everyone will pass through it. And if we believe that God is just, if we believe that God is perfect love, then we also need to realize that we are responsible for judgment. That it will be fair in the sense of perfect fairness. Maybe not human fairness, maybe not earthly fairness, maybe not human and temporal fairness, but divine justice will be done. And this presupposes if there is going to be a judgment and it's fair and that we're responsible for it, that we are free. Judgment without freedom would be unfair. But because each of us has the ability to make choices and to determine our own life, therefore we are responsible for the decisions that we make. And this is why judgment at the end is fair. So all of us are choosing heaven by whether we choose God in our life or we are choosing hell by whether we reject God. For to choose God is to act according to my nature and to do what is good for me. To reject God is to go against my nature and actually to do what is dehumanizing and bad for me. So on the day of judgment there will be people who are surprised for sure. And there will be people who kick and scream and say, this isn't fair, just like we do here on earth. But no one will truly be sent to hell kicking and screaming against their own will. 
It will just simply be pronounced. This is what you have chosen in the totality of your life. Those who chose God and were obedient, not only to Him, but to their true nature, will be on His right and will be called sheep. For this is the nature of sheep. Those who have rejected God, rejected themselves, rejected true life, they will be on His left and they will be called goats because this is what characterizes the nature of goats. Wildness, unruliness, and disobedience. My second point is that only one is qualified to sit on the throne of judgment. I'm not qualified. You're not qualified. You're not qualified. None of us are qualified. That right, that job has been given to Jesus Christ and Him alone. So you can just scratch it off of your job description. I am unburdening you with the task of judging other people. That means you don't have to think about it and you don't have to talk about it. That would eliminate gossip from everybody's life. Because almost all of our gossip emanates from judgmentalness. But I just fired you from that. I fired myself too. It's nice to resign from something. We have so many things to do. We're so burdened. But that one we can take off of our to-do list. Only God and God alone has all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, all of the truth. He is the Alpha and the Omega, before the beginning and after the end. He knows everything and judges rightly. And every single person who is put on his right, it will be right. And everyone who is put on his left, it will be correct. So we don't have to worry about it. Thirdly, this event reveals to us the unfathomable and inexpressible love of God for every human being. Do you know that this says that the kingdom of heaven, eternal life, has been prepared for all of us? before the foundations of the earth, before we were even conceived, God knew us. And God had prepared ahead of time for each of us the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say that about hell. He said that that was prepared for the devil and his fallen angels, but not for us. So we know that God loves us. It's not His will that we perish, that we be judged and sent to hell. This isn't why He created us. And we need to remember this, that it is God's will that all come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. He is doing everything that He can without violating our freedom to invite us and set the table for us so that we make the right decisions in our freedom so that we spend eternity with Him and every human desire and every human need and all that we really yearn for is fulfilled.
forever and ever and ever. And not only fulfilled in a limitless way, a limited way, but in a limitless way. From glory to glory to glory to glory forever. No boredom. I can't even imagine that. That I will never ever fathom, reach the depth, the bottom of who God is. And really, therefore, who I am in God. What a, what a wonderful promise that God has for us. And fourthly and finally, the criterion by which God will ultimately judge us is whether we have been able to see the image of Christ in every single person that crosses our path. If Christ were in front of us, each of us would fall down. We would be in such awe, in such wonder. We would feel in an indescribable way the perfect love of God for us. You can't imagine how worthy you would feel in a way, even though you've fallen on your knees and you know that you're unworthy of Him who stands before you. But He would show you experientially just what you are worth to Him. Now, if we could treat every single human being that way, if I could look at Katherine Carlson and literally be in awe of her, a wondrous fear of this special person made in the image of God, called to be like God. God became like her that she could be like Him. He has united His nature to our nature because it's a wondrous thing. You know, the other thing about the kingdom of heaven is that if I make it, James, and you make it, that means that we get to spend forever together. Like it or not. The only way that we're both going to like that is if we see the image of God in each other. And we approach each other with fear and trembling and love. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, love doesn't seek its own It goes outside of itself. It's life-giving. It's always sharing. Always wanting the better of the other. This This is powerful. It's transformative. And this is what God wants us to do. And this is why this is the criterion for judgment. So we are valuable to God. But are we valuable to one another? I fall short. You fall short. Next Sunday, we actually get to ask each other for forgiveness. And we get to try again in a spirit of grace as we contemplate the reality that the Lord is presenting to us. My dear brothers and sisters, when we're able to get out of ourselves and see the image of God in our neighbor, then it is easy, not burdensome, to love. It is easy, not burdensome, to sacrifice myself for the good of the other. I promise you, if Christ was in our midst, we would be outpouring in a desire to enter into Him. We would be willing to do anything for Him. The question is, why are we not willing to do that for our neighbor? For the person who bears His image, who He looks upon as priceless without 
any way to put a limit on the value. So my dear brothers and sisters, the fathers of the church have put this beautiful teaching here to remind us of the reality that is to come, to hold us accountable to the ultimate truths. Each one of us someday is going to be before this white judgment throne. And the words that we are going to want to hear more than anything else is, because you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, whom I have identified with, you have done it to me. Now come and enter into the kingdom that has been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. You have been faithful over a little. I will make you responsible over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. These are the words that each one of us wants to hear. And God is doing everything He can to invite us and set the table so that all we have to do is respond with the affirmative. And this is ours. Amen.